Uh, yeah, so as Andy was saying, uh, I'm feeling quite sore this morning after my hike over the last few days. So if I collapse, I'm conscious, I'll just finish my sermon from the ground. Um, I was saying to Andy and Greg on the drive home yesterday that I might just zoom in from bed. It might be a bit easier, but they're worried I might, I might be phoning it in if I did that. So, um, so we're moving into the third, third, second, third, third, third uh, week of our Tooling Up to Love series. Uh, and today I'm talking about looking back in order to go forward. And so when Kira and I were living on the Central Coast, I did a bit of work with people um, who were in recovery. And there's a, I mean, that's a saying that I think most people know, and that's the saying of hurt people hurt people. Uh, meaning that obviously, you know, people who have grown up feeling hurt or carrying some sort of baggage, often that plays itself out sort of unconsciously uh, without us even recognizing. And I think that's true for most of us, even if we aren't in recovery, we are all carrying some form of baggage, uh, whether that be psychological, uh, emotional, spiritual, physical, um, that we've inherited from our families, our families of origin. And so we're all a little bit messed up. Uh, I apologize if that does offend some of you, but I, I think it's true. I think even the most well-intentioned parents can still mess up their children unintentionally. <laughs> um, can you? Yes, it is. It, it, it is actually a message of hope. It is. Yeah, yeah. Um, can you just? Ah, oh, great. Yeah. So this is uh, this is like a very abridged genogram of my family. And so, basically, what today's talk is about is about the things that we've inherited, the traits, behaviours, the things that our families find important, um, and how they've been passed down. Uh, am I in your way? Do I need to move? No. Okay. Um, so I don't, I don't want it to come across as everything that we inherit is negative or bad because there's some really great things that we inherit from our families. Uh, so for me, uh, my grandmother, Florence, who was actually named Carol, um, she, um, I, yep, anyway, um, she's, she's a really strong Christian um, and I feel like in some ways I inherited my faith from her, from her example that she showed. She also has amazing musical abilities, which I inherited via my mother. Um, but there's also things that we inherit from our families uh, that have a really negative impact on our discipleship and as humans uh, and in our relationship with Jesus. And I think this definitely ties in really well with Matt's talk uh, from a few weeks ago where he talks about finding our true identities in God. Uh, I think going back into our past, looking at our families of origin and seeing what we've inherited and how that shaped us um, is a really important step in doing that. And so a genogram is a really good way to do this. Um, you know, ideally, if you can, go back as far as your great-grandparents. I couldn't, so I just went back to my grandparents. And, and you can get a really clear picture uh, of those traits, those behaviours uh, that you pick up from your family. Jesus has this... Uh, it sounds like a really weird way to phrase this, a really challenging challenge. In, uh, it's in Matthew chapter 10, verse 37. And he says, if you love your father or mother more than you love me, you are not worthy of being mine. And if you love your son or daughter more than me, you're not worthy of being mine. Some really, sound like really harsh words, um, really confronting words. And these words have been used to justify neglect of families, 
and things of that nature. And I, I do not believe for a second that that's what Jesus is advocating for. Um, when you look at the broader context of Scripture, uh, the importance of family is definitely um, there. And in, in the context of, of the society at the time, what mother and father said went. Like you just you did what they said. And so I think what Jesus is getting at here is like, if you're planning on following me, then follow me. Don't follow um, the things that your family says is important because it might not be important to him. So those things that seem like really important uh, topics, traits, behaviours in, in your family may not be important to God uh, and in your discipleship with him. So I think that's what Jesus is saying. So he's saying these habits, behaviours and traits of our families that have a negative impact on ourselves, a negative impact on others, a negative impact on our relationship with God, those are the things that we need to put off. And then we're brought into a new family through Christ. And so obviously this series is on tooling up to love. And if we're serious about doing that well, I think this is a really important part of that journey. It's going back and looking at our, at our family of origin. You know, we can't, we can't compartmentalize or separate our spirit, the spiritual aspects of our life from our emotional and our psychological aspects. They're all, they all inform one another. Um, we need to take a, what's known as a holistic approach, which is the whole person approach to it. And I'm going to use this term, doing the work. And by that, I just mean actually doing the journey, um, sitting in the pain, sitting with a professional if you need to, um, at certain points to, to work through some, some of the pain and hurt that you may have experienced or to work through some of that baggage that you've picked up. And I think if, if we fail to do this well, we, we risk not reaching God's full potential for us. Um, and then we ultimately become the hurt people who hurt people. There's this great story uh, in the Old Testament. It's of a guy called Joseph. Now, the story is far too long for me to read because uh, I have very limited time today. But it's a story of, of Joseph. Um, some of you might know of Joseph and his Technicolor dream coat. So it's, it's that Joseph. Now, Joseph is the son of Jacob. And interestingly, uh, Jacob in Hebrew means deceiver. So that's a really important uh, thing to remember. So Joseph had, if I'm remembering correctly, 11 brothers. Or was it 12 brothers? Yeah, great, excellent, yeah. Um, but Joseph was his father's favorite. And Joseph lived in a very complex family system. So his father had two wives and two concubines. And he had sons, uh, he, he had children with all of them. So Joseph was the favorite out of them all. And so this made Joseph's brothers really jealous and they plotted to kill him, but ultimately decided that selling him into slavery would be better. But they wanted Jacob to think that Joseph had died. And so I'm gonna make an unintentional rhyme here. They took Joseph's coat, they killed a goat, and they dipped the coat in goat's blood and then handed it back to Jacob and said, Joseph's dead. And so of course, Jacob was distraught and very upset. Ultimately, Joseph ends up uh, as a slave in a household in Egypt of a man named Potiphar. He ends up in prison because of a deceptive act of um, Potiphar's wife. While he's in prison, he interprets a series of dreams with Pharaoh and ultimately becomes second in charge of all of Egypt. That's the very, very brief overview of the story of Joseph. But there's one key theme that you sort of pick up in there is that is the story of deception in his family. So his, 
Jacob's sons deceived Jacob, and Jacob too deceived his own father, also with a goat. Um, he, he deceived his father in order to get the birthright from his brother Esau. So there is a, a family history of deception. And so looking at my own genogram, there's a few things that I picked up through doing this, this activity. So on my dad's side, um, so my grandfather and my father have both been alcoholics or used a substance of some kind to deal with really challenging parts of their lives. So for my grandfather, it was very much shaped up in the death of uh, my biological grandmother, Beulah, who died, I think, three months after my dad was born. So suddenly he found himself a single father, and I think he, he turned to alcohol in order to um, deal with that. My grandfather married again a second time, and uh, that, that particular wife was particularly abusive towards my uncle, Tony, or Anthony. And my dad witnessed some of that, and so he too turned to alcohol in order to, to cope with some of those those feelings and those difficult emotions, um, as well as you know, divorce from my mom and ultimately the loss of my uncle Tony in 2009 to suicide. Um, so substance and use, uses of substances have been a, um, sorry, am I standing in a bad spot? No, it's good, it's not cutting out. It is cutting out, yeah, okay. Um, and this has been passed down to me. Um, so um, alcohol isn't my substance of choice, Porn is. You know, so I use that sometimes to deal with difficult emotions um, and, and things of my past. And that's not a good thing. Um, and it's something I'm working on, and it's, it's a thing that I have victory in sometimes and sometimes not so much. Another thing that I noticed, and this is more so from my mum's side, um, is that we're quite passive, passive in a really annoying way. Uh, just ask Kira. So, None of us want to make a decision because we don't want to offend anyone. And so we'll go up and visit my family and we'll try and organize dinner. So I'll go, Mum, what do you want to do for dinner? I don't know, call your brother Jeremy. Call my brother Jeremy. What do you want to do for dinner? I don't know, call Kyra. <laughs> call Kyra, what do you want to do for dinner? I don't know, talk to Mum. And so it's like, just full circle. Um, so, I wasn't aware of that, that that was a thing. I just thought that every family was like that until I met Kira and she's like, that's so irritating. Um, <laughs> so I, um, I've sort of, I think I've become a bit more firm with my family. Yep, Kira's nodding ahead. I'll take that as a yes. Um, another thing that we also inherited, and I think this is more from my grandfather on my mum's um, my side, is that we can be a little emotionally closed off. Um, and this is something that only really came about through doing this activity in preparation for this sermon. Um, so my sister, Kyra, she's pregnant with her third child. And when she shared her first, um, is it a sonogram? Is that what they're called? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, the typical response is like, oh, that's so exciting. I'm so happy for you. Can't wait to meet it. Blah, blah, blah. And somehow, when I was looking at the sonogram, I saw this picture of a, a young Victorian woman. Have you ever seen those portraits of a young Victorian woman like looking out a window? Yeah. To me, that's what the sonogram looked like. And so it just became this big joke in amongst the family that this, this sonogram looked like a young Victorian woman. But I think for me, there was something deeper going on. I think, I think in my family, I think we can be a little bit uncomfortable in sharing positive emotions. 
something I've, I've only really just noticed recently, so I'm still figuring out what that looks like. But again, not helpful. Really great at expressing negative emotions, but for some reason the positive ones are the hard ones to, to show. So you can see from Joseph's story and from my story that there's things that we just pick up from our families. And again, like I said, not all of them are bad. But the question remains, are we going to deal with the stuff? Are we going to do the work to deal with the things of our past and the things that we have inherited? Or are we going to continue to compartmentalize our spirituality from the other aspects of our life? Meaning, are we going to try and hide it from God, even though he already knows about it anyway? So we all have a choice. And Joseph had the same choice and decided that he was going to remain faithful to God and journey through it. So you might be asking, how did he do that? So the first thing that he did was he got a sense of the bigness of God. Uh, and there's a verse in Genesis 45, verse 8. And this is after he reveals his identity to his brothers. So they come to him seeking grain um, and they don't recognize him. And ultimately it just gets too much for him and he um, decides to reveal who he is to them. And he says, it was God who sent me here, not you. And he's the one who made me an advisor to Pharaoh, the manager of his entire palace and the governor of all Egypt. So Joseph ultimately never lost sight of the fact that God was in control or is in control. You know, even if something doesn't go according to God's original intention, he will figure out a way and turn a really crappy situation and turn it into a gift or a blessing. And so it's really important to remember that even the really difficult stuff, God doesn't let that, uh, what's the, how do I want to phrase this? It's like he doesn't lose any of our past for the sake of our future. So he will, he will take something that could be quite negative and he will use it um, for good. For me, this is a fairly recent realization. You know, um, so my, my mum and dad divorced when I was quite young. Um, and so I spent a lot of time feeling bitter and angry that, you know, when I looked at my friends, all their, all their parents were still together and had happy marriages, or well, seemed like they had happy marriages. Um, and, you know, I'd look at the Bible and what the Bible said about marriage and how important it was, and I'd go, well, like, why, why, why didn't it go according to God's intention? And I realized, you know, through, through doing the work that, you know, God's bigger than it all. You know, and ultimately, he can use my story as a blessing to others to offer hope and encouragement. Um, you know, that it, it's a story that they too could identify with and it could help them on their journey um, as a disciple or as a human being. So the second thing that Joseph did, he admitted honestly the sadness and losses of his family. And so often we're really hesitant to go back into our past and to deal with some of the hurt that we've experienced because it hurts. That's, and that's okay. Like it's, it's okay that it hurts and it's okay to feel hurt. But if we don't go back and deal with it, reflect on it and journey through it, I think it can be really detrimental in our growth um, and our development as people. Uh, I, think, I think it can lead us to become stunted and so for many of us, this, this going back and sitting in the pain and the hurt will be the first step, and it could be the longest step. You know, you might need to sit in that pain for quite some time. It could be months, it could be years. Um, but it's important that we do. And so Joseph, after becoming exhausted from not revealing his true identity to his brothers when they visit him in Egypt, like all the emotions and the hurt sort of well up inside of him, 
And it says uh, in verse 2 of chapter 45, Then he broke down and wept. He wept so loudly the Egyptians could hear him, and word of it quickly carried, carried to Pharaoh's palace. So the story there, like he was crying so loudly that the people near, the, near Pharaoh's palace could hear him. Like he was dealing with it, he was feeling, feeling it, um, and being honest with himself, being honest about the hurt and pain. And I, like I too, have sat with counsellors, psychologists, mentors, and just wept um, just over the pain that I've experienced um, from the divorce of my parents and just everything that's come about because of that. So it's, it's a really painful thing to do, but it's a really important thing to do. And I, I encourage you all uh, to do it. And to give it its proper time, don't rush through it. Don't, don't get to the point where you're uncomfortable with the feeling of the pain and the hurt and then running away from that. Just sit in it uh, and journey, with it, with, uh, journey through it with someone like a counsellor, a psychologist, or someone who you really trust. So the other thing that Joseph did was he rewrote his life story according to scripture. So Matt was sharing in his talk a couple of weeks ago about how we've all, um, whether it's from our families or from society, inherited these stories that can unconsciously direct our lives. And, you know, they might not be God's script, God's story for us. And for me, it was the one which I got from my father, which was, didn't really feel like he was particularly interested in me. Um, felt quite absent, um, which caused me to have, you know, quite a negative view of myself. And it sounds really cliched, and, I, and it's like, why doesn't he love me? Like that, that type of feeling. And, and Joseph um, rewrote his story according to the way God saw him. You know, he saw the bigger purpose. And so through doing the work myself, you know, I've been better able to understand how God sees me and how God sees us. And that's we're fearfully and wonderfully made. We're children with whom he's well pleased. And when we were originally created, he called us good. And I think sometimes we tend to focus on original sin too much and not on original goodness. You know, like God loves us so much that ultimately he was willing to sacrifice himself for us because he wants a relationship with us that bad. And so it's like, you know, it didn't feel like my father was pursuing me, but I came to the realization that God is pursuing me. Um, and that's more important. So number four, and the last one that he did, was he partnered with God to be a blessing. And this is the really challenging one. And it's one that I'm still figuring out. So Joseph... As the story, as my very brief recap of the story said, he became really powerful in Egypt. He became pretty much second in charge. So when his brothers came to him wanting grain and wanting help, like he was so powerful he could have just snapped his fingers, you know, and had them probably killed. You know, he could have spent his time in prison just stewing in rage and anger, plotting his revenge, and retaliated when they when they came to him. He could have continued with the family trade of deception. Instead, he chose to bless his brothers and, by extension, his father. He decided that the buck stopped with him, that he was going to make the change um, and change the family behavior. And so it's something that I'm still working on. You know, as you can see from my genogram, there's quite those dotted lines mean family members that I've been cut off from. Um, so cut off from my father, cut off from my grandfather. So it's really hard to know how to bless someone when you've been cut off from them. Um, and so it could just be as simple as praying for them, praying that God will bless them, but also praying and asking God for the opportunity to bless them. 
and revealing how to best do that. So just to recap, so how do we sort of, how do we go back in order to move forward? And how do we, how do, we do it in a way that sort of um, helps us do it well? So get a sense of the bigness of God and that ultimately he will use even the worst situations and use them for good ultimately in the end. Be honest with yourself and, and feel the sadness and pain and sit in it. Don't run from it. You know, look at Scripture and rewrite your life story according to Scripture and then partner with God to use that to be a blessing. And so to wrap up, one of the things that I really love about the Christian faith is the Bible talks about how when we become followers of Jesus, we're welcomed into this new family. So, you know, not that we need to neglect and forget about our family of origin, but we're welcomed into this new family where we can be safe or should be safe to journey together through these really difficult situations. You know, we are all brothers and sisters in Christ. And so we're going to do something in a moment. We're going to have communion. That's a really great symbol, I think, for this morning of a shared meal as a family together, um, that we're all in this together, that we're, we're united through Christ um, and we're here to support one another. But before we do that, I have some homework for you. Um, so in preparation for your small group this week, or just this week in general, I just want you to think over your family of origin and just think of one trait, one behavior, one thing that was really important to them that you feel isn't benefiting your discipleship, that you feel probably isn't that important to God or like in the broader context of, of the kingdom of God um, and that you want to work on and that, you know, for you, like the buck stops with you I'm not continuing with this pattern anymore. Um, a really helpful way to, to help unpack that is to do a genogram. So you don't have to do a full genogram to do, to do this homework, but if you would like, um, definitely encourage you to do, to do this. We have um, sort of how-to guides on the table of how to do a genogram. Um, so that will help, um, help you unpack some of the traits of, of your family of origin. And try not, if you are going to do a genogram, don't try and rush through it. You know, it might take you a couple of days, but keep working at it. You know, you might be working at it for a, a few weeks. But at least between now and, and small group this week, try and identify at least one trait that you, you, you know, it stops with you. Great. So I'm going to pray and then we'll eat a meal together as a family. And, um, and if, you, if, you, if anything about today's talk has brought up something that you need prayer for, you know, definitely reach out to someone and ask for prayer. I'm happy to pray for people. Um, I'm sure lots of people here are, just ask. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, uh, we just thank you that you are a good Father um, who gives good gifts who loves us, who created us good, who is pleased with us and who loves us. We thank you that we are a part of a new family through Christ. We just ask that um, you begin to soften our hearts and open our hearts and minds 
uh, to maybe areas in our life that we've kind of shut off from ourselves. And we just pray that you, you'd be present with us this week. Give us the courage and the strength and the peace um, to do the work, um, to reflect on our families of origin and the things that we may have picked up and how that shaped us today. We just ask that you would reveal those things that aren't of you, uh, the things that are a detriment to our discipleship and our growth as followers in you. We just pray that you would reveal that and help us um, to deal with those things. And so I just pray that you, you bless this meal that we're about to share together. Um, and I just pray that you just give us that familial love for one another. Um, give us the grace and patience to journey with one another, to have those really challenging conversations, to experience the pain with one another. Um, give us empathy, Lord. Give us sympathy. And we just ask all these things in your name. Amen.